Our scripture this morning comes from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Certainly the faithful love of the Lord hasn't ended. Certainly God's compassion isn't through. They are renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. God of snow and salt, God of Facebook Live, God of masks and hand sanitizer, champagne and fizzy water. You got us through yesterday, and you'll get us through tomorrow, and we don't know how, but it's going to happen. So help us through the next 10 minutes, too. Amen. When I was a kid, we did this thing I have since learned to call Bible roulette. So you pull your Bible out, and you open it to any page, and then read a verse on that page. Yeah, you there? You remember this? I don't know. Yeah. Dude, dangerous, risky, but we did it. Okay. Apparently, what's supposed to happen is that whatever's on the page is going to give you some great guidance. The other option was to memorize all of the Bible verses that you could so that you would have this sort of Rolodex in your head and they would pop out at you. They would be triggered, almost like the way a traumatic event causes a trigger. Like your brain is supposed to have this in there. So every time you get scared, boom, Bible verse. It doesn't work that way for me. But if it works that way for you, you're winning at life. So go for it. I might call you. Let me know who you are so I can call you. Uh, the thing about this verse is that it's one of those verses you will hope for in Bible roulette. It's one of those verses that they taught us to sing and memorize I mean, we sang this song uh, of this verse probably once a month at the little, uh, it was like this little tiny country church I went to when I lived in the forest. And then as I grew up, I noticed something kind of odd. This verse is in the middle of a sort of swamp of terrifying verses. If your Bible falls open to this page when you play Bible roulette, do not read the other verses on the page. Don't. The book of Lamentations is as close as the canon is going to get to something Stephen King would write. I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating. All of the traumas are in there. It's horrific. And somehow it's a guide to grief. It's a response to the desolation of an entire community. We're not talking just like, one bad thing happened to me. No. 
It's about the loss of home, security, safety, culture, ideals, personhood, identity. It's like a news report from the front lines of a civil war. Thank you, Jesus. It's only five chapters. And in the middle of it, we get this bizarre break in the story. It's really weird. As far as great literature goes, this is the thing that keeps things interesting. How on earth did the author do this? Why on earth would the author do this? Any biblical interpretation, in truth, every single sermon you will ever hear from anybody, I'm going to let you in on a secret here, not secret, secret. Everything we tell you about Scripture, even the so-called translations, are changed. They're affected by the work of the person preaching, translating, reading it. Psychologically, we say it's either transference or projection. We cannot help but muddy it up with our own stuff. I have a limited perspective. So I look at this whole package of Lamentations and this verse specifically, and I feel my own exhaustion. And I am then led to figure that the author is probably just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because I am. Celebrating the new year this time around felt like an act of ridiculousness for me. Some of my friends, too. So we sat around the coffee table, sipping mezcal. Sometimes that's what you got to do. And Lena's like munching on these apple slices that I have lovingly decorated with peanut butter pompadours. And we're trying to figure out which one of us feels hopeful and why. So my friend who grew up in China, she says, that's my choice. I'm sticking with it. Hopeful. What else am I going to do? And my friend from Korea says, uh, there's a lot coming up this year. I'm not sure. And my friend who grew up on the East Coast, very pragmatic, very, very kind, endlessly patient, kind of to a fault. And he says, I can see where you're coming from, both of you. <laughs> it was not that typical, yes, let's celebrate. We were cautiously optimistic. Perhaps hopeful is the way to go, because it's a good idea. There was a concerted effort in my living room to think through why on earth we might choose to take a hopeful posture. Why on earth this verse from Lamentations is in there. So it was kind of like the conversation you would have with your friends if you're stranded in the desert and talking about water. A little bit. The authors of Lamentations know that things are very difficult. But that's not the only fact that they're going with, because they have memories of better times. So to say it another way, these authors realize that they're pining for goodness, 
And if they want some, they're going to have to find it and look for it and search for it and insist it exists, even when they sound ridiculous. They are willing to admit that the desire for goodness is a constant reminder that it does exist. Those memories that you have of 2019, 2020, 2021 are in your brains and in your bodies. They're in there. They might be brought out by a certain smell. They might be brought out by a certain sight. They're in your brain and in your body. You carry them, the good and the bad, around with you. And your behavior is dictated by this to a certain extent. The trauma or the triumph in your body is steadfast. It is there every morning. Whether you call it God or don't, it is there. And when you get sick and tired of getting sick and tired, I hate to break it to you, but you have to make a choice. Psychologist and Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl shows up in my sermons quite often, probably because I have so much to learn from him. And this is probably going to continue until I get it through my thick skull that sometimes the only thing I can control is my response to the situation. Viktor Frankl says we always have a choice because the one thing we can control is the response. Torture, loss, malaise, trauma, they only give us the chance to choose how to respond. So, boom, New Year. I am going to make a uh, confession here because I always like to confess in church to my friends and people. I don't know. That was sarcasm. I don't, um, but I'm going to. The truth is that I kind of like resolutions. I like kind of crazy weird ones. Um, like one time I resolved that I was going to understand what it meant when someone said, take responsibility for yourself. That really messed up my life, but in a good way. So this year, I decided you're all going to hold me accountable to this come, like, February when I'm over it, right? Um, I'm setting the intention to celebrate every ridiculous tiny win. Lena wore a Socks today, win! So good. She put them on herself, win! I didn't even have to remind her, what? Okay, winning, I'm so winning today. I have a long list of things that will qualify as these wins. One of them might be like sitting down at the dinner table with my family. Think about this, oh my gosh. You have to like plan ahead, buy groceries, cook food people like, then get them all on the schedule. Like how many times do I have to say dinner happens between 6 and 6.30? Like I'm not even saying 6.30 on the dot. 
And if you come at 6.15 and your hands are not washed, I'll give you 15 more minutes to wash your hands. Like, this is really going to happen. I'm going to be so excited when this happens. Now, you don't, I'm not asking for anybody to like the food. I'm going to celebrate if there's a butt in the chair for five minutes. That's me. I might text you guys, tell you it happened. And we do these kinds of things like get the family together after a long day, a long year, and we're hungry and we're tired. That's when we have our choice. That's when Viktor Frankl's advice comes in. I can choose to celebrate. I'm going to. Because I like those people that I want to sit at my dinner table. I like them a lot. I think you get the point. I think you see where I'm going. You're laughing at all the right points like you usually do. Uh, So here's the short version, just to sum it up. I'm going to name what's hard. I'm going to respond by understanding how hard I worked to get a tiny good thing to happen because it's the only thing I can control right now. And apparently it's been happening for a long time because it's in Lamentations. Their response to terror, their response to tricky dynamics, their response to anxiety was one of hope. Every morning, every day, mercy means we get a choice. A lot of times people say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but I sometimes struggle with that. So I will tell you all these things. I think they will be true. I think they are true. In the name of the bother, the fun, and the holy near it. Amen. Amen.